0: I'm going to ask you, if you will, to uh, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 28, and we're going to start reading at verse number 1. I'm going to ask is, uh, uh, Peyton, Peyton, are you here? If you'll come on up here, Brother Peyton, and, uh, if you will, sir, I want to ask you to get this, uh, this bag of firewood here out, amen, and, uh, so we are, uh, you ever heard the statement, if, uh. If once you fail, you try, try again, right? And so, uh, uh, I want to, uh, uh, we're going to preach this message. Uh, One fellow said, we'll preach it if it hair lips the devil, amen. And so, that's what we're going to do. We're going to preach this message this morning. We've been attempting uh, to preach. And uh, last last Sunday, uh, just with uh, the sickness coming on, uh, we really we read and kind of made a few opening statements, but uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna start as if you hadn't heard anything yet before. And uh, so anyway, just gonna have the Lord to help. Where'd it he go? Oh no, sir, it's it's here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter twenty-eight, and we're going to read here, starting at verse number one. And standing, if you will, with us for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Acts 28, starting at verse number 1. If you're there with me, would you say amen? Here, the Apostle Paul sharing about this, uh, this particular uh, event that has happened. And he says here, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, They said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm, howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm, come to him somebody say no harm they changed their minds and said that he was a god and uh, we're going to preach this morning if we can here on this subject victory over the viper victory over the viper let's pray this morning if we can, one more time Father, we thank you again for your faithfulness. And we thank you for your goodness and, Lord, your word today. And, Lord, I believe your word goes forth at appointed times. Lord, destined for our hearts, your people that are here today. Lord, you knew in your omniscience of when and who and how. And, Father, we're just believing your word to go forth in anointing and power today today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to understand. I pray, Lord, let your word be effective. And we know that it will because it will accomplish what it's sent to do. Anoint me, your messenger, this morning. Anoint my mind and my lips, I do pray. We want your uh, anointing, your leadership this morning. Meet us, I do pray, in these altars. We thank you today for victory that you have provided, and we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Victory over the viper, amen. I was sharing uh, here an opening statement last Sunday, and I'll share with you again a dream that I had, and it was a dream in particular that happened on Thursday, June the 8th. I know this uh, uh, in uh, specificity uh, due to the fact that I, uh, at the beginning air of summer, uh, Ashlyn had been gone for a couple of weeks and stayed with my mom there in Missouri. I had made the trip to Missouri to go and pick her up, and we was, I was going to be bringing her home. And uh, I woke up early in the morning, somewhere about 4, 4.30 on that Thursday morning that I was there asleep in my mom's guest bedroom. And I had had a dream in regards, and like I've said uh, last Sunday, there are dreams that we have that you know if they're pizza dreams. uh, You know if it's something related that that you ate or or maybe something you saw, uh, a a movie or a show or something that maybe you saw and you're having all kinds of crazy dreams or whatever the case might be. Uh, But there have been times that very candidly, And uh, that beyond any shadow of a doubt that I knew that God had given me a dream that dealt with things of a spiritual matter. And uh, this was such a dream. I had dreamed that I was walking down a gravel road. And it was a gravel road that leads in front of my grandmother's farm there in southern Missouri. When I talk about the farm, uh, you've heard me mention the farm at different times in preaching. My grandmother, she had 40 acres there and her house... On the the first uh, uh, front half of that piece of property And a gravel road still to this day uh, Pavement stopped at the top of the hill And uh, we thought it was a big deal when pavement made it that far Amen, asphalt made it that far Uh, But all these years the rest of that county road is gravel And there's a long gravel driveway that goes up to my grandmother's house And uh, in my dream I was walking up towards uh, that house and I was on that gravel road and coming out of a ditch line there was a snake. And that snake, he was long in length. And if I were to guess, I didn't know in my mind, in my dream, the specifics of the length of that snake. I just knew that he was long and large. And uh, and I, if I had to guess, somewhere within the vicinity of six to eight foot long, and uh, of a fairly large diameter. And when he came up out of that ditch, uh, he was slow and methodical. It was not aggressive. Uh, but he was slow and methodical and he turned his head towards me and he became he came my direction he did not strike at me but yet he opened his mouth at me and i remember in that dream in the sense and it is not uh, it does does not speak to my natural physical powers i can promise you that i do not go and just uh, handle snakes i i can assure you you'd never have to worry about me wanting to pastor a snake handling church amen just wouldn't happen. They start breaking them dudes out. I would tell you, I would say, I'm oh me of little faith. And I would I would leave on out the door. Amen. Uh, I don't mind a snake. If I can see a snake, I'm all right. There's been a few times growing up in the woods. Brother Marvin, we was always in the woods. And, and we had our uh, our uh, pocket knives and our BB guns. And we was always building forts and walking four-wheeler trails and horse trails. And, and it was... Not uncommon sometimes to come upon a snake, see a copperhead or see a garden snake or whatever the case might be, be down at the creek and come across a water moccasin, whatever the case might be. But I'm the type that if I see one and I know that it's there, then I can handle it all right. Uh, but uh, I'm not one just to go and pick one up or to fool with a snake. But in my dream, I saw him, he turned his head towards me, and like I said, it was not aggressive. But nonetheless, he opened his mouth and showed his fangs at me, and uh, and so therefore I, I reached down and I grabbed that snake by the back of the neck, and it would turn towards me. Its head would move, but it was almost uh, like slow motion, and uh, and it would all it would do was just show its mouth and show those fangs, and I took it and I threw it across the other side to the other side of the ditch, and when I did. See So I went to walk a little bit further. Well, that snake came out of that other ditch. And when it did this time, Brother Josh, it was more aggressive. It came out after me. And its mouth was open and it was moving with a speed that was different than the first time that it came out. And when it came out towards me, once again, I called him by the nap of the neck. And I held him by the neck. And this time, as he was coming, and he this time was striking at me. And so I had moved my hand down to about midway. I still had control of him, uh, but I was holding him about midway. And over in that other ditch, there's set a rock and that rock was uh, fairly large maybe about the size of this monitor and it had some ridges on the top of it and I took that snake and this time instead of throwing him just over to another side or throwing him into the field because there were fields on either side of me and I grabbed him by the middle of his body and I took that snake and I, and I took him over and I slammed his head against that rock and, and as I did so uh, uh, it had actually severed his head off and I woke up as, as soon as the head came off of that snake I sat up in the bed and, uh, and I was full of a cold sweat what I'd call I've had dreams like that before where there was spiritual things going on and if you will a Holy Ghost sweat uh, that was on me and immediately God began to just warn me you see there was a uh, I didn't know all the specifics. I couldn't have told you anything specifically uh, when I woke up in that moment. But I did know that God was letting me know that I needed to be watching, that I needed to be mindful, that I needed to see that something was going on. It seems to me, and this is only Jacob Smith, this is not, I'm not saying this is for everybody else, but typically if I have been given a spiritual dream and if there is a sense, if God is trying to warn me that there is something going on, I dream of one or two things. I dream of tornadoes or I dream of snakes. And in that in that sense, that snake was coming, slow and methodical, subtle in its moving, cunning in its work, almost as, if you will, in the sense in the first time, as if maybe it wasn't going to hurt at all, but yet there to show its threat, there to let me know that he was there and in my dream thinking well I'd just get rid of him I'd just throw him on to the other side and go on my way but in that second response he came up out of that ditch aggressive came up out of that ditch looking to get a hold of me and this time it was a fact brother Jerry that I knew that I could not just toss him aside oh but I had to be sure that that snake was going to die I had to be sure that that snake was going to His life was going to end because otherwise, Michael, I had the sense and the conscience in the dream to know that if I did not kill that snake, that it was going to wound me, that it was going to come after me, that it was looking this time around to bite me. Friends, that was June the 8th. All day long of June the 8th, I thought and thought and thought on that dream. For weeks and weeks after on that dream. Fast forward to the first week of July. I was standing in Tatum, Texas, under an open air pavilion, preaching to a uh, to a crowd of about 150 200 people at a youth camp, and it was the last night of youth camp. And I stood in that pulpit, and uh, you could go back, and there was some videos and things of it you to, to verify what I'm saying. That I'm not pretending, but nearly one month to the day. I stood in that pulpit and I was telling those young people as we were talking about there was much rejoicing over what God had been doing in those young people's lives in that week of camp, the power of God that met with us in those altars. And and you know how it is, you have a a camp, you have a revival, you get everybody together and they're excited and God's been moving. And I told them that, that night, I said, I'm not a pessimist, that's just not who I am. I am a half glass full kind of guy. I'm very much an optimist. I tend to look towards a more positive perspective. And I told him, I said, I'm not trying to pull down everything that God's done for you. But I told him, I said, young people, I want you to know you're going to barely leave this parking lot. You're going to be on your church van, your bus going home, and you haven't had time to doze off. And I said, the enemy is going to try to undo, try to work against everything that God's done in these altars this week. And as I was telling them that, uh, because in preaching I know up here it sounds like I'm t- talking a hundred miles an hour, but in my mind and in my body, when I'm preaching to you, everything moves very slow to me. But uh, but at the same time, when you're preaching and when you're and when you're talking, there's things that there. There's times, Brother Gary, that uh, something just out of you and I just believe it's the Holy Ghost when he's wanting something to say and uh, but I was as I was telling them that I said these words I said I can tell you just as he's fighting you young people I said I don't know of a problem I don't know of a situation I don't know of anything going on but I feel in my spirit I said that as soon as I get back home to my church at Victory Temple I said, the same devil fighting you young people, it's going to be there trying to fight us as well. I said, there's things that I don't know yet, Sister Belinda, that I'm getting ready to step into. Some things, and I was saying that by way of the fact that I knew that God was trying to work. He was trying to speak. And friends, can I tell you, since June the 8th, there are some of you under the sound of my voice that you're sitting here and you know you can go with me on the timeline. Think about the things been going on. Think about the things you've been fighting in your family. Think about the things been going on in your mind. Think about the wave wave of emotions, the ups and downs. Think about all the things that are going on. I will tell you, you'd have to live in a cave and collect flint for a living to not look around and see. Or to stand and testify and say, Brother Jake, I know we've been in the heat of the battle. I know that we've been fighting some stuff. And let me tell you something. You might think, oh, you might think. Well, it's just a physical ailment. Well, it's just a mental battle. Well, it's an emotional battle. Well, it's this or it's that. But I'm going to tell you right now, like I told my wife several weeks back, I said it might manifest itself in those ways, but every single bit of this is a spiritual attack. I'll tell you right now, we love to shout around this place. We love good altar services. We love to see what God is doing, but I'm going to tell you, friend, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know and be very sure and very much aware. If you think that the enemy's going to sit by and say, I'll leave that bunch at Victory Temple alone, I'll leave them alone because they pray, I'll leave them alone because they preach the truth, I'll leave them alone because of their legacy and heritage, then you, my friend, are mistaken mistaken. There's not one family. There's not one dad. There's not one mama. And let me tell you there's not one child, one teenager, one single adult anybody married. I don't care where you fall in line. You'd better understand there is a viper. There is a serpent. There is a Satan who is looking to try to destroy. Oh but can I tell you today we have weathered some storms in the last few weeks we have hunkered down and prayed we've cried with you we prayed with you we've seen God move we've seen God save we've seen God fill with the baptism of the Holy Ghost I've seen folks step into their callings and friends I'm going to tell you the viper's looking to attack but I'm glad to tell somebody there is victory Over the viper, there is still power in the blood. And there's still a wonder that the word of God still works. You hear me? You hear me this morning? I want you to understand. Don't you stretch walk around here scratching your head like Gomer Pyle. Well, golly, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. No, listen... Don't you write it off? I want to tell you the enemy is looking for ways. He's looking for areas of vulnerability, and I want to tell somebody in this house this morning. Too many times we are finding ourselves just tossing that viper to the other side of the ditch. Too many times we are treating the enemy. We're treating that viper like we're living at a petting zoo. We're li- we're, we're acting like we've got. Hey man, can I can I tell? You, is that uh, I, the, the, I'll go in it? But one of my pla- one of my least favorite places at the zoo is the reptile house. And what we do sometimes uh, in the fact within the setting of the church, we'll look at different things. And let me tell you something. I want to let I want I'm going to I'm going to call some things out specifically this morning. I just want you to be aware. So buckle up, hang on. But I'm smiling, and I love you. And I'm not sick, so don't think, well, it's that stomach bug. It went to his head. But I'm just going to tell you right now that there are some things you're mad at somebody else. You've, you've had grievances. There's been chatter. There's been talk. There's been things you've been emotional. There's been things you've been frustrated. There's been things you've been up against in your body. There's been things going on in your marriage. There's things you'd say, Brother Jake, uh, how do you know? You ain't. You're right. I'm not. I've been accused of it. I've been accused of planting uh, hidden cameras and secret microphones, but I promise you I'm not. Hey, man, I got my own house to take care of. I ain't got time to... I ain't got time to be finding out what's going on in your world. Hey Amen, as far as that's concerned. Oh, but I'll tell you this. You can have grievances and grudges. You can have ulcers and sleepless nights. You can do all of these various things and we can look around and say, what's going on? Why is it there's Services we come in here? And don't get me wrong, we've had the glory of God. We've seen God moving in such supernatural, powerful ways. But have you noticed that some, Sometimes we're working through the heaviness. Sometimes we feel like, I'll tell you, sometimes I stand up on that platform and I feel like I'm the conductor of the little engine that could. What do you mean, Brother Jake? Oh, because you can sometimes sense a heaviness in the service. There's sometimes you can tell. There's sometimes I can tell. I know you're here, but you don't want to be here. There's times, I know, and I don't mean that in an ugly sense because I know that there's times that it's taken everything you had to get here. Amen. It's Ooh, it's quiet. There's times and why I say sometimes I feel like the conductor of the little engine that could because sometimes Sister Shannon I'll look out and we got one half worshiping and one half not I've got some folks checked in and some folks checked out I've got some folks while while you're preaching or singing they've got other things going on and I get it we're human our minds will wonder but sometimes up there Brother Ringo I'm sitting there in my mind going come on I. I think we can I think we can I think we can I think we can oh and sister Kelly I'm glad to say oh that even at times in heaviness in times where there is that spirit of heaviness this is what I want you to understand this isn't pastor taking something personal because I understand when you're having a hard day when I'm having a hard day we're fighting a spirit we're fighting a venom of the viper that tries to latch and looks to try to destroy and looks to try to take away oh but can I say friends I'm tired of treating that enemy that old serpent that Satan like we're in a petting zoo where we got to admire him in my dream it's like the Lord said that second time around you cannot throw him away again but you had better take care of business I'm going to let you know today, friends, is that you cannot entertain, coddle, cuddle, play with, entertain the ideas of the viper. Do not try to entertain the ideas of the venom, but it's time that through and by the authority of Christ Jesus that we see victory and death to that serpent. Oh, I want you to understand. In that dream, the Lord dealt with me about that rock. And when I had struck that that snake over that rock and it decapitated its head, that morning when I woke up, the Lord reminded me, said, when you killed him against that rock, amen, he brought to my mind of the fact of of the words of Christ when he said That upon this rock, amen, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to tell somebody this morning that you cannot win against the viper. You cannot win against the enemy of your soul with a little feel-good moment. We cannot program it away. You can't legislate him away. We can't, we can't have we can't serve enough burgers, hot dogs, or pecan pies to get him off our back. We can't have enough fellowships to get him away. You can't have enough Bible studies to get him away. Well, how are we going to kill him? How do we find that he is defeated? Every single time, church, it is when we are willing to take the adversary, take the viper, and take him to Christ. Oh, to lay him against the rock, the rock of ages, the rock that stride and the rock that's able the rock the word of God said in the book of Genesis the Lord told that serpent when he had cursed him to the dust of the ground to crawl upon the ground all the days upon his life he said he said in that message in the regard he said you'll bite at his heel you'll bruise his heel speaking of the son of man that would come he said but Amen. He will crush your head. I want to let somebody know tonight or this morning, excuse me, that when you are in the throes of contending with the viper, and it might seem like he's winning. It might seem like it'll never come to pass. It might seem like there's always a fight. I want you to remember there is victory that's already been promised. There is a way that's already been made. There is blood that's already been shed. There is a cross that stood at Golgotha. Oh, can I tell you, the enemy, he is defeated. He is defeated. I want you to understand, and this morning if I can, I want you to understand a few things of where I think that we must learn and understand where and when and how the viper, how he wants to attack you must understand the, here in the Word of God that the Apostle Paul has literally just survived a shipwreck. Eurycladon had showed up, a great storm, and it had, it had broke the ship into pieces. God had told Paul by way of an angel of the Lord, he said, if you will stay with the ship, he said, there will not be any life Lost among you. I want you to understand something. Oftentimes, before the viper will attack, we know that this this snake attacks Paul after the fact, but there are some folks that, in the middle of a storm, when everything's broken and busted up, there is an idea at times to think that if we will abandon ship that maybe there's better chance of survival. And I want to let somebody know this morning in the fact that if we will stay with the ship, if we will stay on board... Well, Brother Jake, I mean, I didn't know that serving God would feel this way. And I didn't know that it would look this way. And I didn't know I'd go through this. And I didn't know I'd go through that. I understand there are some times and there are some seasons and situations uh, oh, that just you scratch your head and you don't know what's going on. There's times there might be situations between you and brothers and sisters, uh, even in the same church building. There are times and that that we're trying to make sense of different things and trying to figure things things out. But I'll tell you the first promise of survival came before the serpent ever latched on the pall. And it came by way of the word of the Lord and said you tell everybody to stay. You tell everybody to hang tight. I'm going to tell you never before have we dealt with the spirit like we do today to where there are folks that will treat church like it's optional. That we will treat church as if it's just secondary. That we will treat church as it is the thing on the list of priorities to tell you, saint of God, and I'm telling you this with love. I'm telling you this with as much sincerity as I can say. I'm telling you this not from a mean spirited perspective. Your pastor loves you. I love you so much. I pray for you every day. My heart hurts for you in times and in seasons you don't even know or understand. It is not heartbreaking to me when you're not in God's hand. Because it's a numbers game, or because I want to look out and see a bunch of pews full—that's not the reason. But it breaks my heart when there is unfaithfulness in the house of God, because I know that if you're outside of the covenant of God, if you're outside of the protection of God, there is imminent danger. There is death. You can prioritize other things. Make all the money you want go on any trip you want take your kid any ball game you want but this pastor's telling you and pleading with you there is an eternity that you're going to have to face there is a real devil that you're trying to fight and I want to remind you you can only survive when you stay in the ship when you stay in the ark Well, he only preaches on those things because he wants the live stream to pick up a lot of heads in the camera shot. Listen, far as I'm concerned, I am not worried about that. You ain't seen no number sign hanging on the wall. Hey man, we'll cut the camera off if we got to. I ain't worried about that kind of thing. What I am worried about is, listen, you start running. You start hiding out. You start laying out. Friends, be careful. I want you to understand these doors will always be open for you. But I want you to understand if there's ever been a time that we need the body of Christ if there's ever been a time that you need the one who maybe you've got a problem with you need the one that you think that you can't stand you need the one that you've gossiped about I promise you you can say never you can say that'll never be me but you'd better mark it down life will make you never ever like you never ever have before it'll bring you to a point of humility. It'll bring you to a point where you're calling on the phone, the same one you're bad mouthing, the same one you're gossiping, and you'd say, I need some prayer. I need you to agree with me. I need you to pray with me. Go ahead, run out there on your own. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to look up and see a day that, in order to survive the serpent, in order to survive the storm, you need the family of God. I've been there Peyton when they didn't want to call from me and it could be a call to say I love you I miss you what's going on where you been they'll cut you off they'll tune you out they'll block your number but you let their baby get sick guess who they're going to call you let one of their loved ones die guess who's the first one that's called you know don't you sister Brenda but they'll be mad at you don't care one iota They'll run this church down behind our backs. They'll put out subliminal messages on Facebook. Say things, do different things. But guess who they're calling when things go south? Guess who they want? They want us to turn a blind eye and have a deaf ear. Oh, when everything comes crashing down. Amen, I want you to understand don't put yourself in that position because there are some by way of pride they'll never come back. Some by way of pride they'll never call. Some by way of pride they'll never come back in these altars. And it isn't because I'm standing around here like a big bat. I told you so. Listen to me. If you haven't heard anything I'm not telling anybody I told you so. I'm giving you a warning. Paul first was going to survive. It was survival first promised before the snake bite ever happened and it happened as a result of saying stay with the ship and the Bible said that when they landed that did not mean they flew in on a private jet plane Paul the evangelist and his entourage were here they didn't do that It wasn't no Jesse Duplantis moment This wasn't no Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Hey man, this is Paul. Paul out there preaching. Paul out there, listen, I want to remind you what he said, Michael. He said, there were days we didn't see the sun, the stars. And listen, Paul, the apostle, this great man of God, Sister Joy, he's the one that wrote the words, all hope that we would be saved was lost. Paul was human, Brother Ingo. He worried like everybody else. But then God showed up. God spoke a word and that angel told him, he said, you've got to go stand before Caesar. If I cause you to live on a splinter piece of this ship, you're going to arrive. You're going to get there. I first want, I, and listen, I'm not even at my points yet. You owe me because I didn't get to preach at all last, last week. You owe me. What we, what we come to find is that in this you have to understand. I'm going to let somebody know that no matter how bad the storm has been. With God's help you will survive it. You will. You will survive it. But I'm going to tell you. You've got to stay with what you know. The Bible says that there were some that arrived on broken boards. And some on pieces of the ship. But they all made it to Melita. They all got there. Brother Gary, my arrival at some places in life may not look spectacular. It may not look like I have it all together. Uncle Danny, there will be some that will look at us and they'll say, man, oh man... I mean, these, these guys, this is a ragtag bunch. I mean, isn't it funny how we romanticize spiritual things? Isn't it funny how we glor- we glorify everything that we think that revival, we think that surviving the storm, we think that, listen to me, I have been at places where somebody called you in to come and pray for their sick mama or whatever the case might be, and they knew, Sister Brenda, they knew the pastor was coming, and you go in and you can, I mean, they ain't, they ain't a dirty dish on the, Counter that the floor's been vacuumed. You go, they'll say, Mama's back here in the bedroom. You go back there, the little light on the nightstands lit. That I mean the, the covers have been pressed, everything. Mama's there in her little in her little gown, and everything's just picture perfect. And you go in and you pray for them and all that. But I'm talking about where real folks live. Come on here. I'm talking about a place in life where it ain't all glamorous. I'm talking about times in these services, Sister Anna. Hey, Amen, where we think we can put God in a box and we think we got it figured out and we think it should go like this and we think let me just say this some of you if you've got a problem when the Spirit of God takes over and leads I believe there is the utmost importance that the Word of God is preached faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God I had one fellow tell me he said you got it made as a pastor he said because you only preach half the time and I looked at him and smiled He thought he was giving me an insult. And I said, I'm just glad that as a pastor, amen, that over half the time the Holy Ghost deems to come and meet us with his crown and glory because he's the best preacher. He's the one, amen, who knows the best. I want to tell you because nobody knows your heart like the Holy Ghost does. Nobody knows your mess like the Holy Ghost does. I believe preaching the word's important. I believe in the doctrine of the church. You show up on a Sunday night or Wednesday night, you'll hear it. You'll hear exactly what we've been preaching about. But I will not make apologies because some would say we need better this and we need better that. I'm here to tell you, there are people walking into this building and we are absolute messes. We're wrecks. We're holding on to broken boards and pieces of the ship. But thank God you're here. God, you made it. That's how you're going to survive. Let them say what they want. Get mad at me all you want. I will not change that. I won't. And I will not apologize for it. I will not. I'm not going to do it. I want you to understand there is nothing better than the Spirit of God having his way and his liberty. Paul had survived this. He did what God said. He stayed with the ship. I cannot reiterate, there are some of you in difficult places, and have you noticed the first place of temptation for you is for you to lay out from church? You're going to get mad, take your toys, and go home. Sometimes, Brother Marvin, I wish I was afforded that luxury. Y'all just thought it was a stomach flu last Sunday. I was taking my Bible and leaving. I wish there was times, oh, that I could call somebody and say, sorry. Sorry. Ain't going to make it. You figure it out. I don't care if I get to preach tonight. You ain't got to give me a sandwich tray at the end of the month. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Stay with the ship. Listen to me. The enemy will attack when you're weary. Point number one, if you're keeping time, point number one. He will attack you when you're weary. What are you weary with? Listen to what it says. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. That simply means they were very hospitable people. Listen, for they kindled a fire and received everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. These men have been out in sea, hanging on to pieces of the ship. They get to Melita. Well, I want you to understand when it says that they made it to that island, Melita. this was not a country club. This was not a tourist spot on the Carnival cruise line. They're washed up. These men are weary. They are worn out. They've been at the point of death haven't eat, haven't drink. They've been out there. It's a mess, it's a wreck, it's a literal shipwreck. And they get there and the Bible tells us, brother Michael, that there's still just the onslaught of the weather. It's raining. It's cold. Have you ever been at a point to where you're so weary that you wonder, will I catch a break? Have you been at a place where it seems like you have a good day and then there's five bad days? Have you been at a place where you feel like one Monday after service is on a Sunday, you feel very victorious and by Monday night, you're saying, God, where are you at? Have you been in a place where you're so weary and, and you survive one thing? You survive one thing, but you're just berated and beat down with another thing. And Paul, this is them. They have survived one thing, and here they are. The Bible says they got there. I mean, these men staggering up to shore. It's cold. It's raining. Amen. I mean, yesterday, what was? We was in the 60s. I got tickled, man. All of us Texans, we've done pulled out wool socks, scarves. You've done made five pots of chili. Hey, Amen. you you pulled out every blanket. You said, ooh, glory, it's fall. It's going to be 85 Thursday. I'm just just, just telling you. Everybody's looking to get cozy. I like that. I, don't get me wrong. I want that kind of weather too. I like chili too. I like homemade soup too. Hey, man, but I got, I mean, you give us one day, baby, we're going to grab a hold of it. You done got your toboggan on your head. Taking your selfie. It's sixty in Beaumont. Right? We're ready. But you come, you come. But it's it's not that it wasn't that kind of cold. It was just cold soaking rain and here they are I mean they're wore out and the Bible says that the men they welcomed them and they had them a fire going and Paul is there and oh can I tell you there is nothing when you're at that point of exhaustion than knowing that there's some kind of solace knowing there's some kind of comfort notice there wasn't any talk about food as of yet there wasn't anything talked about they just saw a fire and if you can Imagine with me, they are just looking and ready, amen, to get in and around that fire. And so they had received them. And I want you to know that in regards to this, that Paul is weary. These men are wore out. He has arrived on, le- on this land. He is weak. He is exhausted. He is vulnerable. Did you know that when you get weak, you get vulnerable? When you're frustrated, you're vulnerable. Hear your pastor. Come on, stay with me. Don't let your mind wander. Quit thinking about the buffet. Put your phone down. Facebook will be there when the service is over. One of the greatest pieces of advice ever given to me was the fact it said that frustration often leads to temptation. When the enemy knows you're frustrated, I want you to think about it. Be honest with yourself. Don't raise your hand and God knows I don't want you to confess anything. But I want you to think about it. Think about some of the decisions, actions, choices that you have made when you are frustrated. When you do that, when you do that, have you ever just walked away saying, Man, that was the best thing I ever said or did. No, you often feel ashamed. You often are feel condemnation, especially if your frustration led to you giving in to a choice that you know you shouldn't do. Can I get real specific? Frustration will lead you down roads that will sabotage your relationships. Frustration will lead to sexual perversions, frustration will lead you down the path to addictions, frustration will cause you to try to make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. And I want to warn somebody, there are some decisions That you tried to make in a temporary circumstance. And you may not get a do over. You may not. He was weary. Can I tell somebody this morning. It is okay. For you to be tired. It's okay for you to be weary. But I'm going to ask you. What are you going to do. In that moment. Paul. Is weary. The fire. The fire is welcoming. He's looking for that place. The Bible says that as a result, Paul was not just going to sit by and enjoy the fire, but it says that he decided to make a contribution. I want to tell you something, the viper looks to attack you, not only when you're weary, but also when you're working hear me when you're working because it says that when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks anybody here you've been gathering some sticks anybody here you've been working you've been praying you see here's what you've got to understand That when you're working, I'm not talking about a title or a position in the church. I'm talking about everybody just working. What I'm talking about is, did you know that when you showed up this morning, Uncle Danny, you gathered some sticks. Did you know... Sister Shan, that if you got up, and I don't know if she felt this way or not, that if you got up and if it wasn't this morning, if it was another morning or another Wednesday, and you're getting ready to go love on them babies in the back, and you're getting ready to, and there's all kind of reasons why Sister Tracy there's all kind of reasons why, Sister Laura, all kind of reasons why, Peyton, we could make up our mind. But you decided to reach down and grab a stick say, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to show up. And then when you show up, Brother Udy, and when you make your way up here, and you're on that front row, and you're a man and you're pastor, and you're helping me preach, did you know that you're just gathering some sticks? I'm gonna put it up here. And you're making a contribution. Did you know that when you're in your pew and you lift up a hand and say hallelujah. That when you actually open your mouth and sing the songs. That when you actually begin to worship. You're working. You're making a contribution. Did you know when the spirit is moving and you'll let God be God. Did you know when the Holy Ghost is speaking and working. and you'll surrender and submit you're gathering sticks and you're working and you're making contribution and that's the way it should be every one of us you're built to make a contribution every one of us sister Kelly when you've got 15 kiddos in the nursery In the back right now, Aaron and Kara, they probably had under their breath said, why in the world did we? <laughs> they think they're probably looking at their watch. He done said it will only be 45 minutes. <sighs> We're breaking you in. Yin. <laughs> Come on here. Gathering sticks. Did you know that while you're working and you're doing good things, Sister Laura? Did you know that while you're working is often when you're going to receive the most criticism? That's why I hear some folks don't give me nothing to do in this church. I remember that one time I was a door greeter. I remember that one time I brought my pan of lasagna to the funeral supper. Nobody ate it. I ain't never making anything again. I remember that one time I sang back up. I got a little off key and somebody looked at me funny over the guitar. And I ain't never singing again. Bless your heart. God bless you. They didn't shake my hand and this one didn't do that and the pastor didn't acknowledge that and this one didn't do that. There are some that you had contributed at one time. There was a time that you were gathering sticks. There was a time, but I will tell you is that Brother Josh, any time the church is gathering sticks and we should be gathering sticks. Why? Because Sister Brenda we are in the process of building a fire in this church. We are in the process of building a fire in this church oh where the fire can burn away the things of the flesh where the fire can shine a light in the darkness message we preach Haley every song you sing Peyton every door you open every child you watch Sister Kelly every vacuum you push Wanda we are building a fire so I want to tell you it is time to contribute time to contribute because I want to warn you Contribute anyway. Contribute when criticisms come. Contribute when people tell you you're you not doing it the way they do it. And I want to tell you something, that's okay because they ain't doing nothing anyway. That's right. That's right. There's several of you men, you'll go home today and watch a football game. And every one of you, you couldn't throw the ball 20 yards. But you're gonna you sit there on your couch and yell at them? I'd pull him. I'd do. I'd do this. You can't. You can't run a touchdown if they paid you a thousand bucks. You wouldn't make it. Some of you watching the Astros. Every time I turn around, I got to pray Udi, through when the Astros haven't won. Come on here. I've sat by him at the ball game. he would say, my grandma pitched better than that. Come on. I hate to tell you she can't. She can't. Everybody, do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm looking at a hundred plus of you and everybody's up up here looking at me going, well, if I was a pastor of that church. (laughs) Everybody's looking at them singers. Well, if I was singing the songs. Well, you're not. When you contribute, there'll be criticism. When you contribute, there'll be opinions. But we are building fire. You see, I still remember the night Anna came in this church, weary. (laughs) Couldn't make it through the first song and tears running down her face. Cold and raining, not on the outside, but on the inside. No refuge. But thank God there's some folks Around here building a fire. Thank God. There are some folks. Making a contribution. Sister. Sister Jen and Dr. Bob. There's no stories of them coming out of some sinful perilous life. They're human like us. But I'll tell you what they did do. I sat down with them with lunch a few weeks after they came, Brother Casey. And sitting across that table, this woman welled up with tears. She said, nearly three days before we came to Victory Temple, me and my husband sat in the living room and we said, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to church. Got to be more to God. She said, and we showed up at Victory Temple. She said, Pastor, we have found some more. We have found his power. Oh. When a young son and his mama's looking for a place where they can worship. I still remember the first night. I saw you sit on that side. Those hands were up worshiping. I said, who is that young man? Had no clue of Eddie's past. Had no clue of his pain. But the viper had gotten a hold of him. The viper tried to kill him. But he came to a church where there was a fire being built. Where there was a fire burning bright. Let them say what they will. Let them criticize what they might. But we're building a fire. We're doing something. Making contribution. Bible said, I want you to know that viper, not only when you're weary, not only when you're working, you be minding your own business. See, I believe that viper, he was inside of that wood. So the Bible said, as Paul got close to that fire, some folks, they'll lay dormant. They won't act up. You won't see their spirit, their heart, or their attitude until the fire gets hot enough. You let the Holy Ghost start moving. You let God start convicting and dealing. You let Brother Jacob start preaching the truth. Let it start hitting some place of the heart. And you get near that fire. Come on here. You get near that fire. The Bible says that as he got near that fire and went to lay those sticks on. Viber. Got a hold of his hand. I'm going to tell somebody when you're weary and when you're working and you're building that fire, everybody loves it. I love a good bonfire. I love to set around a fire. But I'm going to tell you, spiritually speaking, this isn't always kumbaya and making s'mores. Come on here. You see, sometimes, Sister Debbie, the thing is, we're building a fire that's going to save your son's life. We're building a fire going to save your son's life, your husband's life. We're building a fire that even as your daughter grows up, she's going to be in different places in her life. Sister Lord, there's going to be some time she's in some dark places, but she's going to turn around at some point in her life and say, Hang on, I still see a fire in the distance. I still see some help. I still see the way. I want to tell you, the viper to keep you from the fire he wants to discourage you from the fire he wants to get you in a place to try to kill you but I want to tell you victory temple there is victory over the viper there is victory over hell Bible said that beast was hanging on his hand and Paul where that fire was How do the critics get silenced? How do the contentious shut their mouths? When do the gossipers grow old of gossiping? What do we do, Brother Jacob? What do you do? You've been bit. You keep making your way to the fire. You keep making your way. Oh, staying home ain't the answer. Getting mad ain't the answer. Trying to get back at him ain't the answer. Vengeance is not yours. Vengeance is the Lord's. You got addiction in your family? You got the same old cycle of abuse. You got the same old cycle of emotions. You always up and down like a. I mean you can set it like the rising of the sun. I mean you know there's things going what do I do brother Jake when I'm snake bit. What do I do when the viper's hanging on. Get yourself to the fire. Paul said the word of God said he shook that snake off in the fire. I want to let you know the enemy of our soul he can stand the truth of God's Word he cannot stand the power of the Holy Ghost that's why we are building a fire because you're going to have to have a place to shake that viper off to shake it off we keep taking it to Christ that's your answer that's your answer Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. The Bible says that when he was bit, that beast hung upon his hand. Said that what happened was, I want you to notice, they will criticize you for working, they will even comp- contemplate your demise in working. You ever seen somebody tried to trying to build something? I know that this ain't. I know that this ain't. A big deal so to speak. But down. We're in Orange. Eight minutes from our house is Viter. And in Viter. They're building a, a new Wendy's. In Viter. I could care less about. A Wendy's. In regards to whether it makes my year or not, whether Wendy's came in to Viter, right? I like a Wendy's hamburger, so this is not an attack against Wendy's. And if you like Wendy's, I'm not preaching against Wendy's. But what I'm saying is, I saw a link, the Beaumont Enterprise, said Vider gets a new Wendy's. What's your thoughts? I said I, I, to myself, I thought, whoever's typing that mess up, just go out there and pluck a couple of the fingernails out. Keep them from typing for a little bit. Here's what I mean. It's a company building a business. <clears throat> there were over a hundred comments on there. And probably 98 of them Are already predicting its demise yeah then they'll show up in the drive-through what I'm getting at in our human nature we are so quick to not to want to see something built up we want to tear it down before it even gets off the ground The barbarous people, he has been contributing after contribution and the snake bites him, he shakes it off in the fire, the first thing they say, yep, we knew it, he's a murderer. (laughs) Who are you, Sherlock Holmes? See how quickly we are? Then then they said, he escaped the sea, but he ain't going to live over this bite. Immediately, when you are under attack, if it's not from people, it'll come in your mind. The enemy likes to think, see there. He wants you to think, see there. Your family's problem. Your kids are on the run. This is happening. This is going on. This is taking place. See there. Where's God at? Where's this one that loved you? Where's this one you've been living your life for? Where's this one that you've been preaching about? It said that after they looked at him a long while. I want to tell you something, Victor Temple. I want to tell you something, Mom and Dad, Grandma Grandpa. There are folks that are watching how you handle the bite. I like what it said, it said when he should have swole up. Now they're talking about a different swole up than I'm talking about. Because growing up, if you worked up an attitude and you was all bad mad about something, Brother Casey, you'd kind of And I'd hear Paul Paul and some of them they'd say, Don't you swell up at me. It was indicative of attitude. Some folks when they get bit, they're watching you. Don't swell up. Don't get all bent out of shape. Don't get all puffed up. I'll show them, I'll, I'll teach them, I'll tell them. And you haven't done anything to them. Except to verify to them that you can't handle the bite. I want you to understand that it says they looked at him a long while and said and when he should have died. (laughs) There's some folks maybe there was a time Brother Marvin they would have said we've hurt him so bad in ministry. He'll never minister again. We've done this to them. We've done that to them. We've done this to this person and that person. We've said this. We've done that. All of hell will rejoice over certain demise and over certain things. But there comes a point in time, amen, to where I shall not die, but I shall surely live. I want to let you know is that no matter how vicious the bite of the viper There is something at work on the inside of you. That is greater than the bite on the outside of you. If I can close with this. We come to find. We come to find. That right now. They are using the blood of sheep. To produce an antitoxin for rattlesnakes. The blood of the lamb causes the poison that the snake injects into someone to have no deadly power. People are literally being saved from snake bites using the blood of sheep. When snake venom is injected into the blood of a lamb, it immediately goes to work producing antibodies to combat The venom. These antibodies from the blood are then used to save lives. I want to tell somebody, this ain't no country bumpkin science. This has been demonstrated in the word of God a long time ago. I want you to understand Leviticus 17 and 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement. Hebrews 13 and 12. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their own lives even unto the death. I want to tell somebody in this in this service amen that you will survive the bite. There's weariness when you're working but there's also the wonder the wonder of surviving the wonder of the blood the wonder of the spirit the wonder that at the end of the day we're still here we're still preaching we're still serving we're still Building a fire. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know the night, the day's getting on, but I'm going to ask you this morning all over this house have you been bit? Have you found the aggression of the enemy? Have you found your mind, your body, your finance, your family? Your marriage, have you found things under attack? Has a serpent been at work? Has hell been at work? You say, I'm weary, Brother Jake. Brother Jake, I've been working. I've been doing my best, and yet the serpent still has come out to attack. But I want to remind you of the wonder the wonder of the fact, amen, that there's still power in the blood, that there's still protection, that there's still a fire that's burning. And I pray that God would help us today. I pray that God would help your family today. I pray this morning that God would encourage somebody to know that there is victory over the viper. Victory over the viper. You're not going to lay down and die where you are. You're not going to lay down and quit where you are. And this morning, whatever the battle might be, whatever the bite might look like, whatever the criticisms might be, whatever the contentions might be, whatever's going on, And you'd say, Brother Jake, I've been bit, it hurts, I'm weary, I've been working. Oh, but this morning I want to remind you about the wonder, the wonder of what God will do, the wonder of how God will help you, the wonder of how he will save you. There's still power today. There's still power today. I'm going to invite you all over this church. Why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Oh, would you take a few more moments? Oh, you've hung with me this long. I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to press in. Come on. There are some you'd say, right now, when you're getting up, oh, when you're getting up out of that pew, getting to this altar, you're getting some wood. You're coming to build a fire. Oh, you're coming to build a fire. Oh, you're coming. You're saying, I'm going to make contributions. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray for my mind. I'm going to pray, oh, for my heart. I'm going to pray, oh, as there's been attack after attack. Oh, but there's victory today. Victory over the viper. Victory for your family. Oh, you're weary. You're working. Oh, but this morning there is the wonder. There is the wonder of the blood of the Lamb. There is the wonder of the power of God. The power to set free. The power to deliver you. The power to set you free. Lord. My God will never.